Welcome to a Scottish Countryside Rangers Association Scramble Editions special, uh, hosted by the Rambling Ranger podcast. My name is Luke Taylor, and today I'm joined by Emma Parker, our co-host and Scramble editor. Hi there. And our guest for today, which you'll have already read, is Eliza Cole. Hello. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, I've got Emma joining me for a co-hosting and yes, Eliza has been a ranger for over 30 years. So another ranger that has been in the profession for a very long time. Um, our aim of, I suppose, today's discussion, we're going to be talking about her previous role as a ranger, but the transition, I suppose, in recent uh, times into a slightly different um, position now. But um, how about we just get started off with, um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, uh, my name is uh, Liza Cole and I have recently set up uh, my own business um, in our nature, um, which is running uh, nature tours and offering talks and training and also nature advice. Um, I'm based down in Eyemouth in the southeast of Scotland, so I'll be concentrating on um, the wonderful, wonderful Berwickshire coast for running my activities. It's a beautiful part of the world. I remember being back there when I first, I think, met you in 2017. Gosh, 2017, 2018. It's a long time ago. Um, and what a perfect place to have your own business, uh, I must admit. Yes, it's, it, it is amazing. It's got fabulous scenery. It's got fabulous wildlife. It's got everything. And, and unusually for Scotland, the sun shines a lot of the time too. <laughs> and no midges. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that, that's going to get me down there straight away. I've not actually spent that much time on the coast down that way before. So um, yeah. the lack of midges is um, definitely pulling me even more than anywhere else would. Yeah. I mean, it's well, well worth a jaunt. Yeah. <laughs> And because we're on the east coast, you see, we, um, we're in the rain shadow of the rest of Scotland, so it's drier. Um, and because you've got the sea breezes, that you know take, takes any any midges away. I have I have a uh, you know come across a couple of midges in my time here, but it's it's not a common thing at all. So we we don't have um, uh, skin so soft in our rucksacks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous ranger brand yes yeah. skin so soft i'm surprised you mentioned that actually i thought that was on the niche within the rangers that i've worked with but uh, clearly not um, product placement we should be sponsored yes <laughs> anyway um of course um your previous background though and what you've done for your majority of your career has been a ranger role mm. and obviously in current mm. times things change people move mm. on and there is obviously the inevitable job losses and obviously unfortunately you've been a result of that but mm. looking at it and I suppose a more positive light the last 30 odd years of your career has well you'll be able to tell us yourself been quite uh influential and uh well no doubt and it's uh, uh, quite the journey yeah I've, I've been um I've been really fortunate actually um uh, it, really straight off from sort of leaving university I'm, I'm an old codger so I left university in sort of 1989 um, I, I went into um, uh, my first my first job was working actually in a field centre Agish field centre lots of people who work in countryside in Scotland have worked at Agish field centre that's that's uh, where I started off and when I started off I you know I really wanted to concentrate um, on the um, educational side of things you know I, I was influenced by going on field courses doing O levels and A levels as they were in those days. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I fancied going out and sharing my passion for wildlife with other people. So, so Agus Field Centre was perfect. 
But then I also realized uh, that I really like the practical side of things and I really like the monitoring side of things as well. So, so, so from there, I was very lucky to sort of move um, through the sort of the seasonal um, ranger side of things um, relatively swiftly into um, a, per a permanent job. I was working in mid Wales for, for ah. Welsh water, for Welsh water. Um, and they owned the catchment area of two, um, two rivers. So it was a 70 square mile estate. And wow. in those days, that was the only place you could find red kites. Um, you had sort of blanket blanket bogs and um, hanging sessile oak woods, and oh, it was it was very very fabulous. But not close to the sea, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which is my first love. Uh, so I was very lucky then to move on to be the warden of Lundy, which is an island off the coast of Devon, where I was. My title was warden rather than ranger, but basically the same thing. Um, and I was looking after not only the island itself, which was many designations, but also um, the marine reserve around it. So land and sea. So that was an amazing opportunity. Um, after five years there, I was going a little bit balmy. So I <laughs> so decided to leave the island and take a sort of a, a, a slight sidestep, actually. I, I, I went into, I, I thought that nothing would match up to the, to the job on Lundy because it wasn't a job, it was a way of life, you know, it was amazing. Mm. Um, so I took a slight sidestep and, and went for, it was a ranger's role, but it was, a, it was called a project development ranger and it was based down in Weymouth and Portland. And it was looking at placing a economic value on um, the natural environment, which um, I think is a really interesting concept. Um, uh, so I was um, initiating and managing a series of projects to try and boost the local economy um, through um, mar maritime or marine tourism, coastal and marine tourism, because in Portland, um, it was a place of economic um, um, degradation, Oops. that's the word yeah. I'm looking for, <laughs> um, um, due to the, the Royal Navy pulling out. Um, so uh, they were looking for other ways to sort of boost the economy. So, so um, they decided they had a, a very high quality natural environment and they would try and um, uh, get the most out of that. So that was, that was a, a really interesting thing because I think it's very useful in lots of ways that not everybody is a, a nature conservationist, hmm. um, but a sort of common language is money, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, so if you can show that it's, it, it um, has an economic value as well as an intrinsic value, then, um, then I think it's a really important thing. It can be very persuasive. So that was quite an interesting job. And then I came up to um, St. Abbs and the Berwickshire coast. Um, sunny Scotland. First, yes. I know, up to sunny <laughs> Scotland. And um, the first five years, I was the ranger for the Voluntary Marine Reserve here. So it was Scotland's first um, marine protected area. Um, um, working alongside um, uh, the guys at St Abbs Head National Nature Reserve, which is owned and managed by um, National Trust for Scotland. Um, and then um, after five years doing that, uh, my colleague who was at St Abbs Head moved on. So I applied for a job and got the job. And I worked there as senior ranger, um, uh, property manager for 10 years. Wow. Um, and then unfortunately in September last year, I was made redundant because of COVID, but um, um, it, it was, you know, it was a fantastic job, very varied, uh, 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 carrying out the range of roles. Um, so, you know, monitoring seabirds, uh, you know, liaising with visitors, 
um, doing some of the practical stuff as well, but also um, the property management side of things. So basically mm. I was in charge of everything from, um, you know, making sure the loos worked <laughs> to doing the health and safety, to managing the budgets, to building maintenance, you know, e everything. So it, it, it resulted in me being behind a desk more than uh, mm. I had done previously. Um, so although it was a terrible, terrible shock um, being made redundant, I'm trying to look forward rather than back and see it as an opportunity to sort of go back to my roots. And um, I do call myself, still call myself a ranger. If somebody asks me for a job title, I call myself senior ranger for in our nature. Um, but uh, not that I have a, a, a site that I'm based at to manage or whatever, but certainly I still carry out a, a lot of what a ranger does in the sort of educational side of things. I mean, I think you're entitled to that um, that uh, that title of a ranger more than anyone else. Certainly, with your um, line of history and the what the role that you've given, well, across the country, always near water. Funnily enough, we picked up on there, which um, again has built your character and um, has made you an expert in the field. And um, I think that is a valuable thing and then a valuable asset that you can you can take on to obviously what we'll discuss your new role now. Um, but yeah, your job at St Abstead was obviously a bit of everything and it was it was the, the role that I met you in that you were so passionate about back in 2017 and it's just yeah. a fantastic site. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, one of the few places I must admit I've been along the East Coast, but just the, the cliffs and again, the wildlife mm -hmm. that you were, you were looking after was just um, incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, amazing sort of high cliffs, very dramatic scenery um, with these sort of purpley um, red volcanic rocks, you know, uh, which are stunning in themselves. And these these plunging 300 foot cliffs, offshore um, sea stacks um, and St Ab's Head uh, has got so many designations it's like mm. you know alph alphabetti spaghetti trying to <laughs> trying to remember all the different acronyms that, that that's involved in it but you know basically internationally important for seabirds internationally important for um uh plants as well so a huge variety of different plants um butterflies lots of different species of butterflies in, including um the rare northern brown argus mm. interesting archaeology and history um in recent years the number of seals um pupping um in the area has enormously increased as well oh, so um yeah. so that's been fantastic but also has um given us slight challenges with managing people seal interaction especially <laughs> especially as seals like to haul themselves out onto the coast path and then get terribly upset when anybody goes near them so it's, so um so yeah so it's, <laughs> it's always had its challenges with sort of rock falls threatening coast paths and ugh, all sorts of things but but i mean a truly truly stunning and a truly special place to work very very um uh, fortunate and have worked over the years with many fabulous people as well seasonal paid seasonal posts mm. but also um, long-term um, volunteer post of an assistant ranger over the last last sort of four or five years must be um, and also you know other volunteers uh, more locally based volunteers as well so so um, although nominally uh, it was basically just a team of me and one other person it was actually much a much bigger team was needed to to do the job yes um, as um, as many 
others will um yeah say similar um but no i mean a site that nonetheless kept you busy and must have all well right up to the very end kept you on your toes i suppose Mm. what was one of your favorite things about that role then or one of the your most favorite um things that you've done over the years as a ranger gosh uh, that's that's an interesting one because i mean i suppose my favorite thing about the role is that no twos two days were ever the same of course um And that, uh, but any ranger can say that, I suppose. <laughs> um, um, and uh, it, you know, it really is. It has a, a real special feeling to it. St. Tab's head. It's. It's. There's something about it. I'm not quite sure what. And lots. Lots of people come back, and lots of people are in love with it. So I suppose. I suppose the sort of feeling of community, mm. um, uh, and the feeling of. Uh, uh, ownership lots of people feel own it because if you if you love a place it's your place isn't it and you own yeah. it and, and you sort of jealousy guard it which can have disadvantages <laughs> uh, um, but but um you know if ever you want to do something people go oh, you can't do it It'll change etc but but um but it, you know you felt like part of a of people who really really love the place and really really care for the place so i'm i'm I'm, I'm torn between saying it's the community um, that was involved and I suppose the other thing that was so special about it is the privilege of um, looking after a place like that and the privilege I can remember sitting sitting on the cliff tops monitoring seabirds and uh, and when you're monitoring um, breeding in seabirds you're actually um, sitting and watching them. You see some incredible um, behavior that goes on, not only with the seabirds that you're watching. I can remember one very distinct time where it was totally calm day and I was peering down my telescope trying to, you know, will this kitty wake to get up off his eggs so I can see how many (laughs) eggs it has. And um, (laughs) and I could hear this sound, sound and I looked up and it was gannets diving into the water and I heard them diving you know that was amazing or on occasions where I've been sitting there and you know I get up from a telescope and look out and there's dolphins swimming past now how long they'd been swimming past and you know entertaining themselves when I was peering down the telescope I don't know but uh, luckily I just looked up and you know there they were so I suppose it's you know the privilege of of having a job where you can experience things like that. I was a um, volunteer warden up with the RSPB at Strathbeg, mm. and part of my remit for that year was to do the seabird monitoring yeah. at um, Stonehaven, I think it was. Mm. Um, and yeah, basically it was very similar. I, basically, I had to take a rope and a harness and tie myself oh. to this post um, so that I could climb halfway down off the edge of this ledge and look at the kitty wakes and mm. look at the cliff size and compare it to 10-year-old photographs, maybe not 10-year-old photographs, mm. but yeah, the, the description that you had just there of peering down the telescope and trying to work out what the hell's going on on this cliff and are you looking at the right place and all the rest mm. of it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just that's one of the resounding memories that I've got from being up there as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing. We are lucky. Yeah, I mean, I just, um, when you think of places in Scotland, I think rangers must cherish, it's either the coasts or the the hills and the mountains. I mean, those are the two distinct features that Scotland has a lot of, and they're just the scenery that people come for. And as um, Phoebus, I suppose, um, any ranger will tell you, I mean, um, the rangers in Scotland are 
uh, here for the people and as you uh, acknowledge that community aspect is really important and mm-hmm. um, we are here to connect essentially people to nature which um, of course is what uh, leads into your I suppose role now you're taking what you've done um, over your time with an abs head and even the previous years and that expertise mm-hmm. and you're uh, creating another positive thing out of it which is your own business um, I suppose what's that transition been like um, well it's it's an interesting one <laughs> it's quite scary um, I don't think it's a transition I would have done unless I'd got a kick up the rear from being made redundant um, because I know uh, many many people say being self-employed is marvelous because you can um, uh, direct what you do and when you do it etc etc but when you've been employed your whole working life it's a bit you know it is a bit scary it is a bit scary um but but yeah i am i am embracing the fact that i can i can say uh, what i'm doing today or tomorrow or whatever i mean i did have that to a certain extent in, in my previous job but overall i was bit you know i had to i had to um do almost what I was told, if you see what I mean. (laughs) What the management plan told me. Um, uh, Whereas I've got more sort of freedom and I can be more sort of creative, I suppose, Mm. um, in in what I'm doing now. Um, The scary bits about sort of transitioning are are all the sort of businessy bits, setting yourself up as self-employed and and signing up with the government to say that you're self-employed and are you actually going to make a living uh, by doing this and pay the bills and um, and whatever. So that's the really scary side. Whereas the exciting side of it is going, right, what do I really want to do? What, you know, what are the juicy bits I want to take mm. from um, the Rangers job? And what, are, you know, what do I want to concentrate on? So that's, you know, I started off thinking that I just wanted to do the educational side of things and, and, you know, really enjoyed doing the sort of practical monitoring and and um, practical work as well. But I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm fat in mid fifties, so um, so I'm not as fit as I used to be. <laughs> so uh, so to a certain extent, slowing down and not doing so much of the sort of heavy heavy work um, is a good thing. fits fits my lifestyle. Um, and I still have I still have this passion. Uh, can't dampen that um (laughs) and i do i do love to share it and i think it is such an important thing it is probably the most important thing that we do as rangers actually is to educate people because if people don't if they don't understand they're not going to value and if people don't value they're not going to want to look after it so so education is absolutely the key and it's it's the it's the most powerful tool that we have in our toolbox really absolutely um, yeah I, I can't excited, agree anymore. Excited. Yeah, mm. I'm excited about um, concentrating on that and, and thinking of of different ways and more inclusive ways of doing things as well. So um, I'm not just talking about guided walks. I'm talking about guided tours um, uh, and making it, you know, so we're not going on yomps. We'll be going on strolls <laughs> if we're strolling <laughs> or if there's people who aren't able to stroll, then. Um, for instance, there are some beach wheelchairs that can be hired at um, Coldingham Bay, so so um, we c- we can help out there as well. So um, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, exciting, exciting. I, I imagine so. Yeah. Hmm. So of course you've got many exciting um, things ahead of you with this new business. 
suppose what are some of the sessions, events? Um, what, what do you want to deliver with this new business? Um, much like what you've obviously done previously in your Ranger role. Mm. Well, I want to deliver a mixture of things, really. Um, what I also want to do is, um, one of the main things I want to do is, is uh, uh, take the focus away from St Abbs head too much or St Abbs too much. Um, and also focus on other bits of the Berwickshire coast, which are equally as beautiful and mm. um, rich in wildlife. Um, and St. Abbs is pretty full. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, even before COVID, uh, we had something uh, like about 60 or 70,000 people coming a year. And um, with uh, COVID last year, it was absolutely jam-packed, you know, and, and, and A, that, you know, that starts um, having an impact on, on the, the reserve itself, but also has an impact on, on the visitor's experience of the reserve of as well. So, so um, you know, I, I'd like to uh, promote the fact that, you know, the rest of the Berwickshire coast has got lots to offer as well. Um, as I sort of touched on before, I'd like to promote the fact that um, you don't have to be hugely physically um, able and be able to yomp up the sea braise, you know, because quite often coast paths go up and down and up and down. And although you're not necessarily going a, a huge distance, um, the, the rise and fall is quite exhausting, if you see what I mean. So, so offering, I'm offering sort of short um, tours. Well, I mean, people can take me for the whole day if they would like to, but but most of the ones I'm, I'm offering are about sort of an hour and a half. Right. So people don't have to invest too much time. Hopefully that could be attractive to a family group where maybe there's some people who are more interested than others. They don't have to go on a sort of half day trip going, oh, dad, can, do we really have to do this, etc. You know, <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to um, look at things slightly differently. So one of the um, sessions I'm offering is rock pooling for grown-ups huh. because, uh, yes. Why not? Because yeah. people, people have, sort of why as grown-ups do we forget that playing is fun? <laughs> um, you know, I sort, of, I sort of liken it to, I liken it to sheep. When you're a lamb, you all frolic about and you run about in this big lamb gang and go to the, I'm the king of the castle and then, when you're a sheep, you eat a lot. And that's about it, you know. <laughs> Where does all that playfulness go? And I think to a certain extent, us humans do it too. Um, and in, in rock pooling feels like something that you can only do if you happen to have a child that you can drag along to do it with. And um, rock pooling for kids is brilliant. Don't get me wrong, it's absolutely brilliant. But you talk a lot about a small number of species. So it's whatever the kids can find, which is usually lots of periwinkles and a few crabs. Um, but actually there's some incredible stories and there's some incredible wildlife that you find on the seashore. So, um, but there's lots of stories that I can't tell because they're either too <laughs> violent or have a lot of sexual content. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got if you've got families family groups there you can't talk about those so yeah i'm going to be doing x-rated rock pooling quite frankly so a friend of mine said i, I should call it um sex sex and violence and rock uh, rock pooling and rolling or something like that you know sex and drugs and rock and roll um no that'd get me in big trouble but. anyway so um <laughs> Or people buy me cocktails, who knows? But um, <laughs> but I, I, I also want to sort of concentrate on the health and well-being side of things as well. I mean, one thing I experienced when I was the senior ranger 
um, and property manager at, at St Abbs Head is that I experienced work-related stress and anxiety. And, and people found that unbelievable. You're managing a nature reserve. How can you possibly be stressed or anxious about that? Not realizing that actually we care so much about it that if we're prevented from doing it as it should be done, that's incredibly stressful. It makes you very anxious. Um, but what I did realize is that um, I'd lost that connection with nature. Right. Um, so so um, it, I went on a sort of personal journey, I suppose, reconnecting myself with nature and, and, and learning ways of doing that. And I would like, well, I started before I was furloughed um, <laughs> and then made redundant. I, I was going to offer a series of sort of ecotherapy um, walks and uh, events. I started by doing one, which was very, very um, uh, well received. I was going to do one uh, for each season. So I, interestingly, I started in winter. Um, <laughs> just Well, it was sort of January because that's always a difficult month, isn't it, January? Yeah. So I thought, you know, if we can get people to, to connect with nature at that time of year, then, you know, it's all going to be uphill from there. So I started in January on the coast. That was a brave call, wasn't it? Luckily, the weather was, was good. Um, and then I was going to change it to doing one for, you know, spring and autumn and uh, uh, what's the other one? Summer. Um, and, and in different um, habitats each time. So I would like to sort of carry that on. So there'll be a bit of forest bathing, but also a bit of... Um, um, sitting on the coast and 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 appreciating what what uh, what's there and you know different different habitats as well. So I think I think that's really important and not just for adults. I'd quite like to see if I can get um, youngsters more involved in that side of things as well. So um, you know to go straight from the sort of playing in the woods to the appreciating it in a different way rather than going mm -hmm. on to being an adult and then having to reconnect sort of later on. Um, I think with uh, the idea that you just um, brought forward, I think it's, it's, a, it's not a new concept because the, I suppose the terminology, the wheel already exists in regards to this mental health and well-being in the outdoors. But I think um, there is going to be a huge demand after everything that we've gone through over the last uh, two years, essentially, with um, people already spending more time outdoors, but actually just needing that guidance whilst outdoors. And that's yes. where the people like yourself and ranger services have been have been unable to kind of connect with people because of the pandemic, but will be able to afterwards. And kind of, as you said, I think um, almost reconnect with nature themselves, but also reconnect the people with the nature that um, they've been spending so much time in with. So, uh, yeah, just your skills and expertise and from the job that you previously done, taking it into your new business. I don't think it could couldn't be any more timely uh, if such. Mm. Let's hope so. Yeah. And it's it, it, I'm pleased to say that it's sort of working in with a sort of promotion of the south of Scotland as well. There's been a new sort of tourism, um, uh, a new tourism initiative set up the south of Scotland. It's very difficult to say south of Scotland Destination Alliance. So um, they've been quite keen on the idea of um, nature and well-being as well. So I think it is something that is growing and and something I think the time is now, you're absolutely right to um, not capitalise, that's not the right word, but no. sort of hook on to um, yes. um, the fact that people have come to value nature. Lots of additional people have come to value nature over um, the last year and lockdown and whatever, and, and to uh, help them continue to do so and not lose that when we go back to whatever the new normal might be.
Um, so uh, yeah, let's fingers crossed that, that we can head in that direction. Yeah, it sounds absolutely, definitely the way to go. Um, and I have actually recently myself started um, recognising what you just said about work stress and caring about the job and yeah. working all hours as well, like mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. remote connection yeah. and having that ability to be contacted at all times mm -hmm. um, through your work stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely feel that hopefully through the summer and, and guiding other people through it will also lead to me to it as well and, and which what you were talking about there so yeah I think it will I think it will um you know it's always a it, it's a learning process on both sides isn't it when you're when you're when you're teaching people or guiding people you you learn maybe not as much as as the people that you're guiding but um you certainly it's a learning process yeah yeah. learning alongside them absolutely yes and um yeah. i think our role um will play an important part in helping other services as well not just mm. from that as you said capitalizing point of view but the mm. actually helping health services helping mental health mm. services like if they can redirect or even before those people get to that point of having to um go to these people if they can come to a, a ranger service or a business like yourselves and engage mm. with an outdoor um I, th I think I suppose a lot of people just have that misconception nowadays where they see us as just events or programs or things that are yeah. just there for the fun of nature but actually mm -hmm. hopefully what people have realized is there's as, as we've highlighted there's a lot more in nature and a lot more to other aspects such as the mental health agenda and, and everything else. Yeah. I was going to say you also need to be careful there that people although it's important that they recognize in the early stages what they might be able to do for themselves that if there are actual mental health problems out there, they still need the, the help of the specialist. So Absolutely. It, it's about finding that balance, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, yeah. I, and I think to a certain extent, that's taking away the stigma of mental health issues. And yeah. that's, why I, that's why I talk about my experience a lot, because I think um, I know that I, I, it took me a long time to admit to myself, let alone other people, that I was pr having problems. Um, and I think certainly if if more of us can talk about these things and offer events and people can come along to them and see that lots of other people are experiencing it too that it's actually quite a norm within the realms of whatever normal might be <laughs> rather than just it's just me that's struggling it's just me that's struggling you know if you can get it out in the open i think that's one of the most important important things yeah. Yeah. and hopefully more hopefully more and more doctors will be prescribing nature as well i mean some have been haven't they certainly started up in the the northern isles of scotland but uh, i understand there's some um uh, practices in edinburgh that uh, prescribe nature so uh, let's hope let's hope yes yeah, absolutely so in, leaning into that a little bit more i'd like to maybe start angling um towards the because this is a, a training and development um article for scramble as it were as well as Luke's mm. podcast um we're what have you found that in the years previous leading up to being independent, has there been any specific training and development that you've had, whether it be formal courses or even just learning on the job that mm. you have found invaluable for that transition into being independent now? Mm. 
Well, I think certainly I think um, as rangers, we're always learning on the job because, as I say, we never know what's going to come up. And quite often we have to go, ah, that's come up. How are we going to deal with it? Um, um, so I so I think being a, a ranger, um, part of the training and development is this. I mean, I think the term is being an agile worker, isn't it? You know, being being flexible enough to be able to think on your feet and to problem solve and to even though you haven't experienced that exact situation before you have the confidence and the ability either to tackle it yourself or you have the connections um to know somebody who might help you tackle it or advise you on, on how to tackle things so i think so i think the resourcefulness of rangers is is something that's not always recognized um but i think it's it's a major major part of of, of what makes us all such good rangers I think isn't it um, certainly I think um, setting up my own business uh, has been helped by um, the fact that as a as a property manager so the property manager side of my job where I had to um, uh, manage finances and budgets and things like that then that then that's been um, very useful because of course um, you know, you've got to work out, uh, is this <laughs> is this actually uh, uh, going to work financially um, and uh, keep very good records because oh, I'm going to have to do my own tax return, aren't I? Things like that. So, uh, so, uh, so the, bus the business side of things, I think, and, and writing business plans and, and stuff like that, you know, thinking things through and going, okay, this is something I want to do, but is there even a chance I can make a living out of it, you know? um uh so i think that's been in quite useful so so as a as a property manager i i received um you know training in in business management and stuff does that um, kind of tie was... into sorry the the grant side of things uh, I'm, I'm sure you've, <sighs> it's uh... yeah. it'd be nice if i could get some grants it'd be really nice yes i mean uh fundraising yeah i mean I, i'm keep keeping an eye out for for anything that's available unfortunately because i'm newly self-employed there is nothing available for me you have to be able to show um uh you know your your books your financial books for the previous financial year etc etc so there is nothing available but at the moment hopefully might something might turn up but but nothing at the moment um but yeah uh, it's again it's not i suppose having experienced it before it's not being too scared about the idea of um having to uh apply for grants or, or funds in some way. Um, what's been really useful, I can't remember who put me onto it, but what's been really useful is, I think it was a friend of mine who's, who's uh, self-employed, is Business Gateway. And I've been going along to, it's an organization that's free, you can go along, they've been doing loads of online events, um, again, I think during COVID, they've been forced to do it online. Um, um, so it's anything from, um, you know, optimizing your, your, the search engine capability of your websites to, um, you know, managing finances, to writing business plans. So, you know, just about anything, maximizing um, your social media presence, things like that. So that's all the sort of, a lot of that sort of business management side of things has probably been my steepest learning curve i would say um i have i i did my own website i designed my own website from scratch um 
which melted my brain, but um, also <laughs> also kept me very busy during a time of lockdown. So, <laughs> so um, frozen, frozen colds. Um, so um, yeah. So so as far as training is concerned, I, I, and I suppose the fact that you know I I have the confidence of 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 all of us rangers that we we. Um, have this range of knowledge um, that we can uh, are able to pass on to others and are not shy about passing on to others. So although it may not be sort of specific training that's ever happened, I suppose across my, my ranger career, I have become an expert in um, passing on my knowledge um, in a way that uh, that people seem to find engaging. So, so um, so yeah, not a training course I went on, you know, per se that you could put your finger on, but but I suppose a training course I've been on for the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, so you, you take that that broad knowledge that you've gained over time, but also the the nitty gritty bits that you've had to be organised, you've had to know what you're doing from step A to step B to step C, mm-hmm. but also then that informal side of having your network and being able to problem solve and in effect wing it, um, yeah. which is, I think, a really essential part of mm-hmm. just even just basically life, let alone yes. being a ranger. Um, yes. And in my team of time of being a teacher, I found that winging it was quite often what I did as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those having that innate ability um, to be able to be organized, but also make it up as you go along is, is mm-hmm. quite, it's two sides of one coin, isn't it? It's, it is it really is it's the adapt it's the adaptability isn't it and it's i suppose it's isn't it funny that we use terms like oh i suppose winging it or making it up as you go along and that sounds like that sounds terrible they're like oh they're just charlatans aren't they they're just making it up as they go along but actually if you use corporate speak you know it's called agile working or flexibility or you know there's all these other terms that yeah that I suppose, although I don't agree with corporate speak, but but uh, I suppose uh, putting more of a positive spin on it, it is actually a skill, and it's the skill that not everybody's got, and it's and I think as is often the case with uh, skills, you don't realise that it's something different because it's normal for you, <laughs> so you don't sort of recognise it. It's only when somebody else says, "Cool, how'd you do that? I can't believe you did that." You know, you go, oh, "Okay, maybe not everybody does it." Then you know, so it's. Uh, an interesting one. Mm. Fabulous. So mm. in terms of that, I, I guess you've actually almost already answered my next question is we've, we've looked at what you've been able to bring to it, but what mm. was something that you found you needed to develop at the time? So you, you talked about your business knowledge mm. and using the business gateway um, mm. and actually understanding what you need to do for running your own business, filling in forms, like mm. Plus, was applying to grants and said you've had a bit of that in the past anyway but is, mm. is there anything else that you've you find you really needed to to build on since you've left an ad fed and, and set up in our nature um yeah i guess i guess it's the sort of um being savvy about the sort of marketing side of things as well isn't it um uh, and 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 being self-employed, I'm going to be have to have to be more savvy about the marketing side of things because you know, as an employed ranger, if people don't turn up to your events, that 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 doesn't mean that you can't, you know, buy your food for next week. 
<laughs> because you're employed. Um, um, so, so you know, uh, and that's that's a part that, um, although you know, did a certain amount of it. Uh, I'm not uh, totally conversant with all sorts of terms that are banded about. Um, certainly within the National Trust for Scotland, you know, there were terms that were banded about like travel trade and things like that. And I didn't really know, I had a vague idea what that was, but yeah, I'm having to, um, I'm having to uh, uh, concentrate my efforts on travel trade quite a lot because, you know, these are organized groups um, that come and hopefully want to um, take part in in my activities, whether it be cruise ships or, or um, you know, coach tours or, or, or whatever. So um, I suppose it, it's, it's, it's not losing the conservation side of things because that, that's absolutely fundamental to, uh, to what I'm about. Um, and that's wrapped up in the sort of educational side of things. But it's, it's, it's learning more about the tourism industry i guess mm. um and how to and the marketing to tourists etc understanding that industry better um time scales that you have to get uh, you know prices up and running and how how do you you know how do you attract these people and how, what do they want and uh, other bits and pieces so that's been quite a sort of uh, i really don't think i've got a total grip on it even yet um but that's the sort of side of things i suppose where there's been this this um this very steep sort of learning curve um and luckily there are people out there who are um willing to help as long as you find out who they are it's the finding yeah. out who they are yeah. in the first place is the biggie isn't it mm. so uh, so you have to follow your nose a bit and be brave be a bit be a bit brave about things and and uh admit that, yeah exactly and admit that you don't know and just say i don't know can you tell me can you give me some advice you know so yeah. um, hmm. i mean it just shows that even although you've been in this field and uh, i've worked as a ranger for for this for this long um that you're still always learning there's still things that you don't know and i mean you if anyone uh, will be someone to admit that and i think that is a powerful thing because once you know what you don't mm -hmm. know that's when you can change that and turn that around absolutely and cool wouldn't it be boring if you weren't learning anymore yeah. if we knew it all it, i think that'd be terrible wouldn't it you know mm. i think i think most rangers have got inquisitive minds haven't they um <laughs> and, and you know again that's part of what 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 makes us us and and i think if you lost that 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 would be a rather boring state of affairs we turn into sheep rather than lambs then i think wouldn't we? <laughs> absolutely so if there is if, if you could um consider well obviously we've talked about pros and cons along the way anyway but if there was one pro for finding yourself in this field what do you think it would be for you the pro for, for what for setting up my own business yeah for i would say yeah i would say the pro is it is the freedom that um i can decide what i want to do um and it i can change my mind if i want to <laughs> or i feel i need to um and although that in some ways that's scary as well, but I think I think that's 
often the two go together, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the fact that it is scary um, uh, when you actually sort of face those fears and go ahead and do it, and it turns out all right, that's even more of a high you get out of that. So yeah, so I think I think it is I think it is um, the freedom. So I can I can choose my direction. Yeah, I think the main thing I'll take away from this is certainly be more lamb, less sheep. Uh, yeah. keep, that in, keep that inquisitive Frolic. mind. Frolic. Life is about frolicking, yes. <laughs> I love that analogy and I'm glad that's gonna that's gonna stay with me. No, I certainly relating back to the the kind of the mindset. Um, nowadays I think if I'm not being challenged, I'm not learning. I think you get to that kind of comfortable place and once you're at that comfortable place you might think you're picking up small things here and there, but it's nowhere near as much as what you would be in a, you need some stress in life. Stress is a good thing, I think, Absolutely, in the right yeah. amount of quantity. Um, and you'll certainly, you'll have, you'll have faced that certainly over the last year and whatnot with the transition that you've made. Um, but no, fantastic. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to touch on, Emma. Um, Not for me. I think we've um, covered it quite succinctly, actually. And I'm, I'm feeling that, well, hopefully the, um, the readers, listeners of Scramble will, um, it'll echo to them as well, obviously being Rangers or, or any of the, the wider public that have engaged with Rangers in the past and hopefully folk will understand a little bit more as this goes out to the wider public what what we do and how, how um, what's the word, variable it can be. Indeed, yeah. indeed. I'm, uh, no, I'm certainly sure of that. Uh, is there anything you else would like to share with us, Eliza? Uh, I'm conscious of we want to get your business out there so feel free to plug um. <laughs> um, uh, okay so yeah so I suppose uh, if anybody uh, wants to explore the wonders of the Berwickshire coast um, then you know who to come to my business is called In Our Nature and you will find my website is inournature.rocks or I have a Facebook page, um, look us up on there. Um, come along and do some X-rated rock pooling or come out on a boat trip with me or come and, and do some forest bathing and, and other um, ecotherapy on the Berwickshire coast where the sun always shines and there are no midges. Hey. Fantastic. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Liza. And um, it's been great just hearing your story. Uh, story and I'm, I'm happy to get it out there uh, in this scramble edition um, alongside Scra and uh, yeah thank you Emma for um, co-hosting. Mm -hmm.